everyone, welcome to Shalanda Says, where we answer questions on all sorts of topics ranging from relationships to career growth. Join us as we answer listener questions and interview various experts in their field. Want a question answered? Send it to Shalanda at TuxWilderGuidance.com. That's Shalanda at TuxWilderGuidance.com. Now here's your hostess and proclaimed queen of time management and goal setting, Shalanda. Today we have the Leela Jusik LaBerge. She is a licensed marriage and family therapist who offers online courses, coaching, and counseling to help people confidently embrace love from the right partner. The Leela graduated from UCLA and got her master's degree in clinical psychology from Pepperdine University. She is the owner of Be Here and Now Counseling and Relationship Academy and has been practicing since 2006, working with individuals, couples, as well as families. Her expertise is helping women gain the skills necessary to enjoy the relationships they desire. She believes love is one of the most important concepts in life, and yet it's so trivialized. Dalila observes that people are shamed to think that they shouldn't openly express the desire for love and a happy partnership. But really, love is the cause of everything. Our caretaker's love is what gives us the foundation. Similarly, when our parents are unable to love us the way we need it to be loved, we suffer in the relationships when we are adults. Dalila helps her clients develop self-awareness and skills to challenge the limiting beliefs that stem from challenges from childhood or past relationships. She grew up in former Yugoslavia, a socialist country where women were considered to be equal to men. Dalila seen that patriarchal values were still prominent. Women have the same legal rights as men do, but there are so many messages that both men and women get about how they should be in this world. Delita thinks that both men and women suffer because of these limitations that prevent us from showing up authentically. Delita uses special techniques to help people internalize the understanding that they are it. For that one lucky person in this world, this confidence allows people to be true to themselves and embrace others the way they are. When we show up authentically, that's when magic in love happens. How are you today? I'm well, thank you. How are you, Shalanda? I'm doing fine. Yes, thanks for asking. So what I'd like to do is get right into our first five questions. These are questions all guests are asked. The first question is, what drew you to this career? Oh, (laughs) it's interesting that you asked that question. And specifically in my case, I don't remember when I was not interested in this career. So basically, since I remember myself and knowing that this career is an option, I don't think a five-year-old knows that there is a therapist or psychologist career. Mm -hmm. But since I remember reading uh, the books from my parents' shelf about psychology, that was something I was driven to do. So uh, let's say 10 or or 12 years old, I was very interested to do that. One thing that struck me is observing my parents' 
I felt they didn't parent me the way that these books described. And Mm -hmm. I kind of felt, uh, you know, maybe I was a punk at the time, but I felt like I was smarter than all the adults, even at the uh, age of 10. I was taller Mm -hmm. than even some adults. I was very tall. uh, So I grew up and a lot was expected from me. People saw me at my height Mm -hmm. and not necessarily my age. So I kind of uh, was... uh, I grew up a little faster uh, psychologically and emotionally in some ways uh, than I should have maybe. Mm-hmm. Uh, but I come from a regular family, you know. I, my parents did their best. I'm not here to accuse my parents of anything. Uh, but what I see is that majority people uh, do their best sometimes. And uh, these uh, uh, clear good intents turn out to be rather anxieties and that's how we are raised they they kind of worry about us and they do these things to help us become the best we can and then we wind up anxious as well mm-hmm. <laughs> perhaps but when i say anxiety i don't necessarily mean clinically diagnosed anxiety and we can talk a little bit about that later so yeah i this was my profession. I mean, I was actually thinking uh, of various, I'm, I'm very interested in design and in math, statistics, so in science, but when I was kind of uh, fourth year of high school, uh, that would be 12th year here, right? Of school, I, uh, I realized, you know, this is the only thing I want to do again. And I... Try to apply to a very difficult college uh, in my country back then, uh, at least in former Yugoslavia. It was free education, but it was very, very competitive uh, to get into a certain colleges where so many applicants applied. And I was in, and I was like, wow, you know. <laughs> so here we are again. But then I came to America and started over again. And, and mm. Yeah, yeah. As you described. Yeah. Now, what impact do you hope to make? Uh, Impact. Oh, gosh, Uh, that question is a little bit triggering for me (laughs) in sense of uh, uh, what impact can I make? I hope that uh, I can help some people realize that they are good enough. That's the main underlying belief that many people uh, struggle with. You both, you, you and I both know that we are enough. You're beautiful. You are enough for whatever efforts you want to make. If you want to be like astrophysicist, you know, you or me or anybody else in this world, we know that if we, if we put our minds to it, mm-hmm. we can do it. If you want to get this epic love. <laughs> I don't know, you know, epic love. Uh, again, it's kind of term that's trivialized in a way. Mm. Uh, you can get it, but uh, we know that in our mind, in our brain. However, it's hard to feel it. And uh, for that notion that we are not enough uh, is underlying so many difficulties, especially in love, when it comes to love. And even though you know you're beautiful, even though 
people know that they are enough, that they're good enough, they have good education, they come from good family, but still there's that sense that, you know, I need to be better. I need to prove myself. Uh, so many other issues stem from this basic limiting belief. So my desire is to help somebody understand not just I'm enough, but I'm it. I'm, I'm the shit, as they would say. I'm the best thing that can happen to that one person out there, that one lucky person. And I will be lucky to be that with that person as well. To okay. That in each cell of their being. And I'm able to do that with my clients. Uh, even if I'm able to do that for a millisecond in our session, that's a, it makes actually a big impact in their lives. <laughs> it's a work in progress usually. Yes, definitely. Now think about everything you know <laughs> in the past, the path that you've chosen. In retrospect, would you do anything differently? Uh, of course, yeah. Um, I would have start, started my business earlier mm-hmm. uh, rather than working for a mental health field mm-hmm. like in nonprofit. As happy as I am that I've served uh, so many disadvantaged kids, uh, my heart goes to them and everything. I think I can make much bigger impact when I am able to serve people that, that I resonate with. Uh, and in my own uh, means rather than what agency and county and state tell me uh, right. I need to do. Obviously, I still need to follow state regulations and government and everything else. But, uh, you know, doing my own thing is the best thing that I could do. <laughs> yeah, I agree with that, definitely. And in therapy, we have so many policies and regulations that we have to follow we have to be careful and then I know when I was in HR I had a supervisor who was always concerned about the company getting sued so we always I felt like we were always walking around on thin ice or tiptoeing around people's emotions so there's definite definitely liberty and a freedom to having our own business and being able to serve clients that we prefer to serve that and people that we know will benefit the most from our services. Exactly. Because it's not, you know, uh, we are not for everybody. It's simply, you know, it's just like I compare it to people dating, you know, it's not Mm -hmm. that you can, be the good you know a good date for everybody Mm -hmm. we all have different you know flavors and the way we appear both physically and psychologically and emotionally and how we resonate with each other so it it kind of goes back to that as well Mm -hmm. right now you work mainly with women but you also work with men as well and can you tell us what trends you see within your niche uh, trends within my niche. Uh, you mean niche working with uh, with uh, uh, relationships? Relationships, yes. Uh, well, trends in a career in general. Well, I see many uh, coaches. I don't actually see 
too many people who specialize in relationship skills particularly. Mm. Uh, but I see many coaches that serve people as life coaches. Uh, yeah. I do see a lot of marriage and family therapists who work uh, as uh, uh, therapists to help couples in their relationships. And that's a great, uh, wonderful service because I believe in a more systemic uh, view. I believe in systemic kind of approach. Uh, The more, the better. But sometimes we uh, don't have that option necessary to bring our partner to the table, you know, (laughs) to to save our relationship or marriage. And uh, I'm... Uh, I specialize in helping individuals in relationships and uh, acquire those emotional intelligence. Actually, I don't believe people don't have emotional intelligence. I believe it's just Mm. covered with this anxiety uh, Mm. that keeps them from utilizing these beautiful resources that they have in their body and mind and psyche for generations uh, from their ancestors as well as their own personal life because we are stuck on those uh, kind of defense mechanisms safe. But we can talk a little bit about that later. Sure. Now, what advice would you like to offer listeners? Uh, Regarding uh, love or uh, career or... Whatever advice you feel. Advice. Uh, What I, there's a couple pieces. Uh, I would love people to know it's not shameful that they they want love. Uh, So if you're a woman or a man for that matter, uh, going out on a date and if somebody asks you, uh, what are you in, what are you looking forward in from this experience and dating? with me or dating in general, you can openly say, I'm looking to find the love of my life. Mm. So it, it kind of make, uh, it's not usual. We see many women being coy and say, Oh, I don't know, blah, blah, blah. So it immediately waters down your message. It's almost like Mm. if you talk about business, if you're kind of wishy-washy about everywhere, it kind of waters down your message and then you kind of attract people that are, oh, okay, blah, 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 you know, and then you wind up playing these mind games. Mm-hmm. Instead, you can uh, openly say, hey, I'm looking for the love of my life. And in that way, you are kind of, you can smirk and ask, can you be that? You know, can you meet my requirements or whatever? Mm-hmm. And uh, in that way, you resonate with this person and show that you're confident, that you know what you want. And if they are the man for you, if they're looking for the same, they're going to be thrilled. Oh, my God, I found a straightforward woman who knows what she wants. Mm-hmm. Or if they're not into it, they can just enjoy your company. You, you're out there to meet people and see what they're about. And uh, he will simply respect you for being so straightforward and open. And maybe he'll have a friend for you. (laughs) Who knows? (laughs) And the second piece is like just uh, kind of remembering that you are it, that you're enough. And this is kind of, this takes more deeper work to kind of uh, resonate with that understanding. I'm enough. I'm good enough. I'm it. I'm the best 
person, not in some narcissistic way out there, I'm the most beautiful woman out there, but for that one person, you know, imagine what you're giving. You're giving your time, you're giving your uh, company, uh, and then your heart. That's the most precious thing that you can give. Right. Mm -hmm. Definitely. Yeah, I think that's uh, where people... uh, I wanted to talk to you about people losing themselves in relationships and and having that anxiety and that fear of opening up. So let me talk about this one concept. In your bio, you said that love is one of the most important concepts in life, and yet it's so trivialized. How do you see that being trivialized in the clients you work with? Uh I don't see it necessarily in clients, but it's kind of in the society, you know. Uh, there is this notion, you know, people say all we need is love, and, and I totally <laughs> agree with that. Uh, working with so many people, with kids from foster placement, uh, a variety of clients, you know, from individuals to rich people, uh, from uh, people who struggle you know, who don't have caretakers who changed, the kids who changed like 15 foster placements. Mm. The bottom line is really that, you know, uh, that's where that hurt is from to this extreme case of abandonment uh, from children who are uh, disadvantaged and who don't have permanent caretaker to people who grow up in nice families and who learn that, you know, I have to kind of uh, present myself in this way because mommy and daddy are not going to be happy with me if I'm angry, you know. I'm not a pretty girl when I'm angry. Or my daddy came back from work and how can I make myself seen by daddy? I need to be quiet, he needs to rest. And maybe when I get sick, maybe my daddy will go crazy and give me attention <laughs> you know so there there are these layers of uh, different ways in which we present this need for love mm-hmm. and therefore we have different layers of uh, defense mechanisms and, and these that stem from these limiting beliefs and but the love is trivialized in media you know we have <laughs> all these like little like movies about it and 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 that's what i mean you know and in some ways we wind up being shamed to say you know what i need love (laughs) to be vulnerable and say i need love and this is what i need these are my boundaries saying you know i need it to be like this i need my relationship to be like that so we settle for bad relationships sometimes because it all stems from that limiting belief that we are not enough and, you know, so we settle. So there are a variety of ways in which this presents itself. Mm-hmm. When I was working in therapy, <coughs> there were clients, I did mainly couples, and there are so many people with differing views of finances and how they communicate with one another and goals for their children. And also they seem to 
take each other for granted. It seemed as though they lost what brought them together in the first place. Mm -hmm. How do you work with couples who may be exhibiting signs that they are taking each other for granted and don't remember that fire? They don't have that fire that brought them together. How do you work with them to get them to rekindle that love? Uh, well, that's a great question because one of the main things that I noticed with couples is uh, that uh, that's an obstacle to marriage being saved. As much as they can be compatible, if they lose that sense of playfulness, mm-hmm. and this is what many adults uh, lack in their life. So if they lose that sense of playfulness, that can lead them to stray you know, to seek that in another, you know, because they're so stuck. Their life is not easy. You know, there is motherhood, fatherhood. Uh, we kind of take uh, on these other roles. We forget this original, you know, playfulness that brought us together, this joy of courting and uh, that fire, as you call it, and wind up being a, a planner, accountant, a uh, caretaker, a uh, cook, uh, maid, you know, like not maid, but a uh, housekeeper right. uh, and all other <laughs> ways in which we need to, and, and you're great, you know, people are great mother, people are great father, provider. So they forget this original uh, kind of playfulness. And mm-hmm. the first thing to do with this is I, uh, suggests that they uh, kind of schedule activities that that are new and and uh, doing together these right right brain uh, hemisphere activities <laughs> what does that mean our left brain hemisphere is kind of in charge uh, this is kind of rough this is really not scientific but I'm just categorizing it so that you know people can uh, understand what I mean it's more like uh, based uh, on logic, you know, and all this planning and all these other activities that keep our household together. Now, the right, right brain uh, hemisphere uh, activities would be painting, dancing, uh, uh, cooking together, you know, start little things, you know, start with little things and make sure that you have that time together. I wouldn't force people just to go, oh, let's schedule sex if that's kind of been an issue. But like start with these small things, you know, like paint together and then splash paint on each other's faces and laugh, you know, like something silly. Mm -hmm. Uh, Go out and go for dancing. Just how amazing activity that is. It, it It kind of brings you back into your body. Basically doing this physical activities then bring you back to the body because we are all kind of cut off in today's society and we are all in our heads and it's very hard to drop back and feel relaxed and you know it goes back to that anxiety that I was talking about so these right brain hemisphere activities uh, arts crafts uh, dancing yoga Doing that together and just being silly together, go for a hike, you know, uh, go for perfume making class, something, you know, silly like that. So those are the first steps. 
that I would recommend starts from uh, these basic activities, just like when you were dating and then work towards physical intimacy and passion. And how often would you suggest that they do those fun activities? I cannot say that it's really like individualized based Uh on how much people need to work as often as possible, (laughs) you know, because not just that it helps your relationship, but it also helps your overall health. I mean, go out in sun and go and work out together, uh, go for a run, go for a walk, uh, go, you know, for photo, go and photograph flowers and, you know, do these interesting activities, whatever you can put into your schedule as much as possible. Once right. a week. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So it's funny you mentioned about working out together on my Shalanda says YouTube channel. I have a video coming <laughs> out where I'm talking to viewer, viewers about how my husband and I stay together. We've been together. We started dating in 98 and we got married in 02. So we've been together for quite some time (laughs) and people ask me, how do, how have we managed to stay together for so long? So I put this into uh, the videos and on one of them, I'll be talking about the fact that we do work out together and there are studies out there that show that couples who work out together actually meet their health goals and their physical fitness goals faster than people who don't have a workout partner or an accountability partner. So yeah, it's interesting that you mentioned that. Yeah. I mean, that's just one of the activities and obviously in today's time when people are busy working out is Mm -hmm. kind of very important Mm -hmm. because, you know, our jobs are sitting and, stuff like that so doing anything that will get you moving it's also that right brain hemisphere activity mm-hmm. and it helps you kind of be less anxious it connects your right and left brain hemispheres and drops you more into your physical body rather than just being in your head and mm-hmm. worrying and thinking and and basically you know just kind of having this uh, another little tip when there is worries, yeah, there there will always be there. Just kind of put it aside. Oh, okay, I'll deal with that later. But right now, I'm listening to 80s station on radio. You know, like whatever it is you're doing. You know, right now we are mountain biking or horseback riding or working out together. And that's you know that goes back to that mindfulness. Mm-hmm. Uh, I didn't talk about that, but that's my approach, and that just doesn't mean chanting all men sitting in meditation this is basically mindfulness dropping into your body and just being together and mm-hmm. putting everything aside right yeah getting rid of those distractions basically because yeah. we're in a, a society where we're so easily distracted we have all this technology and everything is microwave to us basically we get everything now Literally. yeah <laughs> Yeah. So yeah, it's definitely important to set aside time, put the distractions aside, whatever those may be, and take 15, 30 minutes, an hour, a week to 
or even before bedtime, I had a couple where they would go to sleep in separate rooms because one just wanted to be on the couch watching TV. And so one goal that we worked on with them because they did desire to spend more time together, we found the TV was a distraction. So one goal that they ended up working on was before bedtime, instead of watching TV and falling asleep in two different rooms, they go to bed together and turn off the TV and have a, a talk for a few minutes about their day before falling asleep. So one thing I think is very important, yes, to identify those distractions and set them aside, definitely. Right. And along those lines, this is kind of a little bit side, but say have that dinner together at a table Maybe lit a couple of candles. You know, what is so special about going to restaurants? It's not mm-hmm. the food necessarily. I feel like food that my husband makes is so much better than any food out there. Right. But, <laughs> but just sitting uh, next to each other, face to face, you know, and having those candles and somebody serving you. So you can recreate that every evening at home. It can be a simple meal, but just nothing else maybe some music and 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 that also keeps you talking rather than sitting Mm -hmm. uh, 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 towards tv next to each Mm -hmm. other and eating mindlessly Mm -hmm. uh, and watching somebody else you serve something into your brain while you are eating so these are the little details do one thing at a time rather than multitask Mm -hmm. and that goes back to connection Yeah, definitely. I want to get back to a statement you made earlier about a person feeling like they are doing basically everything in a relationship, the accounting, the cooking, cleaning, and all that. And a lot of spouses feel that way. I I don't want to say it's only women because they are men that stay at home these days too. And I love that. And so roles have changed where we do have more stay-at-home dads now. Mm-hmm. And <clears throat> however, sometimes a spouse can feel as though they are doing everything and the other spouse is going to work, coming home. Mm-hmm. Now, and people can begin to lose their individuality in relationships. And I know you talked about your, on your website, you work with people who may be feeling powerless So tell us how we can have a happy relationship without losing one's individuality. Happy relationship without losing individuality. Well, it goes back to simple uh, advice that so many therapists and uh, uh, marriage experts say, keep uh, something uh, for yourself. In other words, uh, enjoy some interests and hobbies or job or whatever it is that's just yours, uh, that that is not necessarily tied to your partner. Uh, so that will keep your ind- individuality because ultimately uh, your relationship at the beginning is that honeymoon honeymoon period when two of you are together doing everything together. And then, there is a differentiation period when uh, things kind of cool off a little bit and how you handle that differentiation periods can make or break your relationship. Mm-hmm. Uh, so if you are able to be both separate and together while separated, you know, 
uh, it kind of boils down back to that uh, little baby uh, being able to feel safe with mom and knowing that mom is there and mom goes away, knows that she's loved. <laughs> mm-hmm. So what I suggest is working on yourself, working on your uh, sense of being lovable, being enough. It's very important because even if you have a loving partner, when your partner goes to work, let's say, uh, you may feel that abandonment if there was some kind of mm. issue in your uh, early childhood. Uh, I know my poor parents had to leave me when I was one. My dad had to go to military. So there was like, he had to leave. Uh, he had to leave me. My mom wind up a uh, single parent, uh, mm. even though my dad, was in military, he didn't have money to send enough. It was, mm. well, it was a, a mandatory servitude without salary. You know, it was just oh, wow. in my country. Mm. Yeah. For a year or two, I don't know exactly. So my mom had to get work. So when I was like one years old, my mom had to give me to my grandma. And then when my, uh, because she needed to work, there was nobody to watch me. So there was like uh, some kind of, bond breaking for the baby at that point Mm -hmm. and then I had to come back to my dad and mom so I felt abandoned by grandma you know I'm not aware of that but then learning this story kind of made me understand huh these are why I felt like this in this relationship Mm -hmm. or that so what goes uh what what I'm why am I uh saying this is because you kind of need to feel good and loved and know when your partner goes to work that he's still there connected with you Mm -hmm. it's not that he abandoned you so nurturing that you know self-sufficiency and happiness with yourself and what you're doing and enjoying your life uh, on your own because ultimately if you uh, find a partner out of that need uh, that will kind of feed your need of that abandonment you will never be happy because it comes from inside mm-hmm. uh, even if he loves you you're not gonna feel that love it's not gonna be enough and soon enough he will feel helpless what to do how to love her what else do i need to do mm-hmm. and that's kind of when people give up so self-healing uh finding some joy in personal life on daily basis and just remembering, you know, that you're good enough and basically, <laughs> and working on those issues if you have somebody to work with. Yeah, definitely. Now, would you like to add anything else before I do the quote of the week? Well, uh, I would love to kind of remind people of those limiting beliefs and I would love to encourage them to work on them and uh, if clients want to uh, get my uh, accidental singledom checklist, <laughs> uh, they're welcome to. I will give you the uh, link to that. They can download and they can actually get free courses that will help them uh, work through those limiting beliefs as well. Mm-hmm. Uh, they're welcome to do that. Uh, I want to remind people again that they're it and that looking for love is the ultimate uh, most amazing thing that you can do in life okay now our quote 
for the week comes from Malcolm Forbes. And he says that failure is success if we learn from it. Yes. <laughs> okay. Now, as we close, will you tell us how to contact you, Dalila? Yeah. Uh, you, can, uh, you can reach me uh, at djl at beherenow.com. Uh, my website is beherenow.com. One word, beherenow. Uh, dot com so simple as that i'm on social media uh, i have instagram and uh, facebook i'm active there and pinterest as well with a lot of useful uh articles that i write and mm-hmm. I'm, I'm starting with video now <laughs> okay good we'll be looking forward to that thank you so okay. much well i do thank you for your time and it will be a pleasure to have you back in the near future. I would love that. <laughs> and you enjoy the rest of your day. Thank you. Thank you so much. Thanks for joining us for another episode of Shalanda Says. Remember to send your questions to Shalanda at TuxwaterGuidance.com. Shalanda at TuxwaterGuidance.com to have them answered by myself and an expert guest and don't forget to subscribe and share and as always have a productive day